It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Postcast. The Utah Jazz fall to the Boston Celtics tonight. Final score, 115 to 104. And really the story of the night here on Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, is the offense of the Boston Celtics. The Celtics came in as the 30th ranked defense in the league over the last five games. Jazz came in as the second best, and the question was whether the Jazz were going to be able to get defensive stops, and they just couldn't. They could not stop this team. Isaiah Thomas, 29 points, 15 assists tonight. Those were career high. Uh, one of very few Celtic players in the last 30 years, Larry Bird, Rajon Rondo, Sherman Douglas, and Rondo to go 20, uh, and Thomas to go 25. 15. Let's start off. Let's really break this down. Let's go a little X. Like, what happened? The Celtics play a unique style where all of their bigs can shoot. So they play generally every possession with five guys outside the three-point line. And they might run a cut into the lane. Or they might dribble drive in the lane, but they never have more than one guy. And if one guy enters the lane and then exits, maybe another guy slices through. But they're generally five out is what you would call that offense. Why was that so difficult for the Jazz to handle today? First of all, they they don't use post-up players. All right? So with the Jazz, we were wondering if the bigs for the Jazz was going to be able to take advantage of the height advantage they had against the Boston Celtics. That didn't happen because of what you just mentioned, because of Olenek and, and uh, Horford's ability to play away from the basket and knock down threes, and it just made it awfully difficult. But it wasn't Horford or Olenek, anyone, that got off to such a great start in their first quarter. It was Jay Crowder, you know, their small forward or the power forward. Well, he plays a small forward, doesn't he? That, uh, that got off to such a great start, and from that point on, the Jazz were scrambling and, and playing uphill. One of the things the Jazz talked about before the game was that they knew that you, you had to stay with your man longer for dribble penetration. Then if you were going to come to, to, you know, the Jazz are a major shift defensive team where they bring the weak side over. You are going to have to fly back to your guy. Well, clearly that wasn't able to happen tonight because they took 42% of their field goal attempts as threes. For the season, the Jazz are the number two team in the NBA at preventing teams from getting three-point shots off. And they tonight, Boston just took apart Jazz defense. Like I haven't seen anyone take apart their defense like that with the ability to just get three ball after three ball after three ball. Well, you, you can see that the game plan was to uh, stay away from the basket. You heard um, Coach Brad Stevenson talk about moving the defense of the Jazz from side to side and, and getting to the point where they can get good looks, meaning you move the defense from side to side, eventually you're going to get some good looks because you got the defense scrambling. You get mismatches and, and that type of thing. For the most part, it was only Isaiah Thomas that was going to break the de- that really broke the defense down, and, and so you have to pay a lot of attention to him going to the basket. How many times did he kick it out to Olenek, to Horford, to someone outside the three-point line for a three-point shot for one of the 31 three-point shots that they took here tonight? So the game plan actually worked, I think, to the, uh, 
for the Boston Celtics strictly because they made shots. Um, I thought it was a pretty good game plan there by, by Quinn Snyder. But, you know, if you're making shots, there's not a lot you can do. One thing that teams have been able to do to the Celtics is when they've had a healthy point guard, they have just killed them. 30-plus points a night by point guards all around the league and putting up major numbers. But without George Hill tonight, one of the reasons is you either can go at Isaiah Thomas or you get them. They switch so much that you then have your point guard driving on their bigs. But the Jazz weren't able to take advantage of that. Shelvin Mack, 3 of 10 tonight. Howell uh, Neto went 2 of 4. One of those was a buzzer beater. And the Jazz actually ended up playing a lot of the night without their regular point guards uh, tonight. But they, they, So they were not able to exploit that weakness of the Celtics. Well, you know, David, you look at the stat sheet, and, and how much can you look at the stat sheet and say why did the Jazz lose or why did the Boston Celtics win? Jazz from season high, 27 assists. They score 104 points. They shoot 46% from the field, 42% from the three-point line, and they, and they lose, and they lose big. They lose by, what, 11 points. So it was a three-point shooting there by the, by the Boston Celtics. Um, every team in the league doesn't shoot that, that, that well, especially from the three-point line. So the defensive plan probably um, gave the Jazz exactly what they wanted, but the fact that the, the Celtics knocked down threes really hurt them. Well, there's no question. The defensive rating tonight, 127, one of the worst nights of the year for the Jazz. Their offense was good, and there were two really big bright spots in the Jazz offense tonight. One was Joe Johnson, who did exactly what I think the Jazz are hoping to get at some point in time, where he just kind of took over a game offensively and had 21 minutes at 17 points tonight. I'll get to the other guy in a second who looked much better, but what did you see from Joe tonight, and how encouraging is that to see that kind of offensive display? Well, I just hope that he continues to be that aggressive. Um, if, if he's going to come off the bench of this team, he needs to come off. I, I'd like to see him come off the bench with the mentality that I'm going to score, I'm going to put some points on the board, be more offensive-minded, and, and play his game, but be more aggressive uh, offensively because he can make a big difference in, in the success of this basketball team. He can he can play with the ball in his hands, and take, and he can also knock down that open three-point shot. Derek Favors had a career-high seven assists tonight. He had six rebounds. He had 12 points. First time he's had double figures since November 11th. And you've been kind of saying to me, hey, he looks closer. And what have you been seeing that makes you believe he looks closer to himself? Well, it, you can, he has confidence now. It's, it's starting to get there. Uh, he, he's looking to, to shoot the basketball. Uh, I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive defensively I mean, and I didn't think he moves his feet very well uh, on the defensive side of the ball there but he just looks like he's getting into the, the floor of the game it looks like he's, he's not guessing about what to do out there uh, the adjustments that he's making seems to be just fine his jump shot sometimes David kind of puzzles me because it's not consistently it's not a consistent miss if you want to it, it probably a better way of putting it you know sometimes it's a it's, it's a brick and then the other time, just a little softer. Well, the one thing the Jazz did try tonight, by the way, they tried to go without a point guard, uh, use their versatility with their guard line. They played 40 minutes of point guard play tonight. In those 40 minutes, they were plus one. In the eight minutes without a point guard tonight, they were minus 12. So George Hill needs to get healthy. The Jazz trying to play without that point guard against a trapping defense, or at least defensively against Isaiah Thomas, just did not work out. Tonight, most of the problems were all defensively. Alec Burks did not play tonight. He was available. It's just going to be hard to get minutes for him. Trey Lyles played just six minutes. Boris Dio was very good. They're just again, there are just not a lot of minutes out there. Rudy's playing 34 and favors up to 30 tonight. 
uh, then you've got 64 minutes there. There's only 48 plus 48 is 98, so there's only a few minutes to distribute. You're playing some of those small with Joe Ingles and Joe Johnson. You're playing Boris Diaw for 15. So there's just going to be that's going to be a nightly game that you can play with the box score for the Utah Jazz, and it's more fun to play it after wins and losses, but you can get really bitter and play it after losses and have fun with it. The Jazz fall tonight, final score 115-104. This has been Postcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NBA sat down with Mark Spears for an extended interview today, and Locked On Jazz will be back with you tomorrow morning with a, our daily show. Have a good night. Be safe. This is all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.